Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week my guest is Steve Maidment. Now, Steve is a friend of mine who's a homosexual man, which is uh, one of the reasons I wanted to get him on the podcast. Um, I've known him for quite a long time, and he's always been very open and honest about this sort of thing, so I approached him and he said he'd be happy to talk about it. Now, what we get into is, um, as Steve's a bit older than I am, he's in his mid to late 30s, he grew up in the 80s, um, so the sort of uh, the climate for a homosexual is, is very, very different from what we know about it today, but there's a lot of odd similarities as well, which I think is a really interesting thing that we get into on this podcast. He goes into what it was like growing up in school when being gay wasn't really a thing that was spoken about and the sort of feelings he had from there, as well as um, his story of how he sort of came out to his fellow classmates as well, to his parents and things. And it's a, it's a very interesting thing to hear about, especially back, you know, 20 odd years ago when it was not as accepted in society. So it's, it's, it's a really good look, I think, and it's very important for people today on both sides of the political spectrum, whatever your beliefs are, is to listen to this and really think about what it can be like you know if you're homosexual and you haven't come out yet maybe you can listen to this it may help you a little bit or if you're heterosexual or anything that isn't homosexual essentially you could listen to this and it could educate you into some sort of um give you a bit more a better sense of empathy a better sense of sympathy you know thinking about what it's like to be like that so i found it was a fantastic chat it's it's someone i've been wanting to get on the podcast for a while to talk about these sort of things as i've been quite fortunate in my upbringing where as i've been a straight white male i haven't uh, come face to face with any uh, direct prejudice due to um, basically biology that I can't control. So I think there's a really important chat and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, this is just part one and part two will be out next week. Um, there's no promos this week, um, so I'll get straight into the show once I'm done with the talking and you hear the little intro tune. Um, at the end of the episode, I'll you know get into all the usual jazz. I'll talk about what's going to be in part two, that sort of thing. So um, yeah, I think we'll crack on basically. Um, thanks as always for tuning in, guys. Uh, be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, that sort of jazz. Uh, you can email us, rate us on iTunes. You know, if you're a regular podcast listener, you know the general drill. And if you do any of those things, then I thoroughly appreciate it. So um, yeah, on with the show and I'll be back at the end. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. Space. I'm definitely going to spill over some water. Mm. Alrighty then. Well, I'm here with Steve. I already start recording. <laughs> so um, I'm here with Steve. Hello, Steve. Hello. Um, basically, I wanted to get you on here, um, as we discussed briefly, because well, I've known you for 15 years, isn't it, probably? It's quite a while, I've known you since you were a boy. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and well, I think you're probably, I don't know that many homosexuals, that's mm. basically... Yeah, I've obviously got my cousin Charlotte, who's a homosexual female, but homosexual men, mm. I don't think I know that many. Um, there's a guy I knew in school who's my housemate, Nikki, her best friend. He's called Rob, and I've, I knew him from school, but I didn't. I wasn't as close to him as I am to you, because obviously you're so close to like Rob McCaffrey and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, so I just wanted to kind of get you on here just to talk about it, because I'm, I'm very interested in it all. So, yeah. <coughs> excuse me. So, I just want to ask almost the, probably the first question to ask about it would be. How, did you always know, like, sort of thing? like, Or what age did it kind of click with you, or that sort of thing? Um, so in hindsight, I can look back and think, okay, so that's what that feeling was. Yeah. But, um, so when I was going to school, there was this thing that was introduced called Section 28. Section 28. Section 28. So right. um, Section 28 was a piece of legis- legislation or something that was introduced by Margaret Thatcher's government, right. which basically prohibited... Um, the promotion of, and this is obviously I'm not 
giving you the direct quote of what it was. Yeah. Um, but the promotion of homosexuality as a normal right um, thing, which meant essentially that schools didn't go anywhere near it. Yeah. At yeah. all. So essentially, I didn't know any- anything about gay. I didn't know that you could be any- attracted to anyone other than females. If you were yeah, I think when I was younger, in fact, and Rob and Catherine, when they didn't speak about you like there's a gay man we know, but it was <laughs> it was because it was I was quite young when I met you. I remember it was just quite natural, so I never really. It never really, I never really questioned the fact that some people were, some people weren't. But it's like, as you say, like people, especially even now, still, you're almost assumed to be straight. That's yeah. that's kind of the thing. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because it's generally the majority. But sorry. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and it's it, well, I mean, it's it kind of goes right back to when you're a child, really. If you think about all fairy tales, they're mm. all kind of like. So one day you're you're. Yeah, you know, you'll be Prince Charming to some princess, or a princess to prince, some Prince Charming, and mm. you get swept off your feet. You get married, you have children. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's how it is. Um, so it's kind of it's all it's almost kind of instilled in you from a young age that yeah. that is going to be how life is. And then when it isn't, mm. particularly if you don't know that there's any alternative to that, yeah, it can be really difficult. Yeah, I could imagine so. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I I genuinely, genuinely thought that I was mad. Okay, thought, wow. I thought that I was really mentally, severely mentally, something was wrong with my brain. And you were, and obviously around that time as well, because this was, um, not to put a specific age on you, but this was about 20, well, actually, no, probably a bit more than that, but 20 odd years ago, wasn't it, or so? Um, I don't want to specifically make you tell your exact age. Yeah, I was, it's fine. I'm a young looking 37, so that's fine. Yeah, don't look a day over 30. No, thank you. Uh, 21. <laughs> <coughs> but yeah, so um, obviously when you're younger as well, um, as you say, it is with a lot of the stories and fairy tales and uh, sort of a lot of the media you watch as well. It all, it's the sort of the standard. And obviously yeah. a lot of people don't know this. And when I found this out a year or so ago, I was so blown away and angry that I couldn't even fathom it. It was that being gay was illegal until I think it was the late sixties yeah. or the seventies. And I was just like, when I first heard that, I was like, I can't be right. And then you look it up and it actually is. And I was like, how, what, what, how come, it baffles me how they can even do that. Yeah. And the obviously, I imagine it frustrates you as well, which is that knowing that when people say things like, it's a choice, and that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, it's nonsense. No no one would choose to be, um, you know, treated as unfairly as people have been yeah. throughout history. No no one would choose that. Even, no. even the worst um, kind of sadist wouldn't want mm. to be as persecuted as gay, gay men, gay women, and, and all the other LGBT plus, plus, plus. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of people have been over the years so it, for anyone to suggest that there might be a choice it's absolute it's it's laughable really also what's funny is there's a lot of the time the religious people who uh, say that sort of thing are the, the re- not obviously everyone who is religious says this but obviously a lot of the uh, anti-gay sort of ideology comes from religion mm-hmm. and it's whenever people said that you know gays a choice i don't my thought is always well, say if a guy is saying that, for example, it says, well, see, you could choose to enjoy penis in your mouth, but you're choosing not to. Like, yeah. that, saying it's a choice is almost saying everyone's gay, but some people just kind of choose to go for it. And it's like, that's actually counter, that's almost countering your own point. Yeah, It's yeah. the most baffling thing about yeah. it. But yeah, yeah. Did you, um, when you were younger, you said that obviously you felt mad. I assume that because it wasn't in the public eye, none, no one your age really spoke about it, sort of thing. No. Is that and my parents didn't speak about it. Mm. It you know it just literally and I'm not exaggerating I did not know mm. that you could be anything that I could be attracted to anyone other than females mm. yeah and when I started feeling attracted to or started at least realizing that I had had an attraction to males mm. um 
it, you know, kind of, I thought that, I genuinely thought there was something wrong with me. Yeah, yeah. Which which was pretty. I mean, it's shit. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah, I completely agree with you there. That, that's, I mean, when you're, uh, what sort of age was this, if you was this sort of? Um, so probably 12, 13 years old. I started yeah. kind of, you know, kind of, it's, it's puberty. That's when the, very often these kind of things, or back then, very often these sorts of things would come to the fore because it's when you started actually being attracted. Yeah, yeah. To people. Because it's a real weird thing, uh, attraction, <clears throat> isn't it? Like when you, um, when you kind of, when you're with someone and you feel that I call it like a spark, almost in a sense, mm. or there's sexual, there's many words for it, sexual tension, or there's a spark, or there's this. It's so hard to describe. And when yeah. you're 12 and like a preteen as well, life is so confusing as it is. Not only with hormones and social standings, as well as trying to plan your life and all the social pressures from that, mixed with everything else that makes being a human quite difficult. You've then got obviously this on top of that, which is yeah. not only. Nowadays, even still, people who are homosexual, even in England and places like that, who are sort of meant to be ahead of the curve socially, people are still prosecuted and still gay slurs being used negatively and, mm. and these sorts of things. Compared to, I think it's, I think it's Uganda or somewhere along those lines, where being gay is still illegal. Yeah, and a lot of places, I think Russia, they obviously had that thing where they were basically saying being a gay, being gay is illegal, and people were getting beaten up in the streets for being gay, and that was. That was fine, essentially. People were in yeah. Russia were acting, and I was just like, "How are we living in this world?" And yet, this is 2018 or 2017, and it's yeah, like, yeah. well, back, you know, 30 years ago, that's you know, 25 years ago, that's still not having it in the public eye. And you go back even further than that, obviously, to before that, and it was illegal. So it's just, yeah, it's it's crazy, you know. I mean, it's not it's not illegal in Russia, but it's illegal to promote homosexuality. Oh, normal, I see. I okay, very similar to kind of section 28. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, and it is shit. There's a there's still a big proportion of the countries around the world where it's illegal or um, you know punishable. Yeah, yeah. For be, being gay. Yeah, yeah. Especially with the more a lot of the more uh, religious um, sects of sort of countries. Obviously, not every country. I have to keep uh, clarifying my overgeneralizations, but obviously, generally speaking, Christianity and Catholicism it does condemn homosexuality, mm. even though obviously it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but then obviously Islam that condemns homosexuality as well. And in a lot of the <clears throat> in a lot of the countries that are um, quite high in Muslim population, because it says in their doctrine about homosexuality, the extremists will take it that step further. Yeah. And you heard about the homosexuals being thrown off rooftops and things like that by I think members of ISIS and stuff. Yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's crazy, and it just baffles me. The world can even still be like that at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so with going back to when you were sort of 12, 13 and when you were kind of, I almost describe it as almost a sexual awakening because that is around that age where most people generally sort of, I think most men, I think girls might be a little bit younger, but men, you kind of you flower in a sense, you know, you go through puberty. So <laughs> Flower. I couldn't think of the word. That's a terrible <laughs> way to describe it because that's more of a female thing of like deflowering. Yeah, is like, yeah, yeah. But, you know, uh, kind of becoming, it's, it's almost the more adult, things was when you start having actual relationships because when you're yeah. before that age it's i didn't have any relationships till i was in college anyway but even the, the ones in primary school you know you'd be in a relationship and then it would be like hold hands for like five minutes during lunchtime and kiss yeah, him on yeah. the cheek and that would be it but obviously when it becomes when you become older and sexuality starts becoming a part of it it complicates matters yeah, so yeah. much more and especially with the lack of education so what sort of what sort of age was it where you kind of you realised you weren't necessarily going mad and it was more of a, oh, this is just how things are. Like, did someone tell you or...? Um, I can't remember exactly how that came about, but I, I just... 
I remember being about 15 and and hearing somewhere about bisexuality and homosexuality and that sort of thing. It might have been that we that we covered it in biology. Okay, that. yeah. You know, I'd be surprised if we didn't because, um, you know, it wasn't promoting it. You can just kind of talk, you know, very passing sort of. Um, and there are also personalities as well. Yeah, just that little tiny. Yeah, yeah. I think in my sex ed, I mean, I went to a Catholic primary school, so it's probably a bad example anyway, but <laughs> I don't remember in primary school ever, I, I, I don't remember the sex ed videos. I mean, I, I was shown two sexual education videos, so I was, I knew nothing about sex yeah, at yeah. all. I mean, a lot of it was learning it through in secondary school, which was through Chinese whispers, which misinforms you anyway. Yeah. But like, I, I don't remember ever being mentioned that you may be into boys and girls. I think it was just said boys and girls like each other sort of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. And that's even when I was younger. So, yeah. So you, around that sort of age, what what kind of happened then when you sort of kind of came to terms with it a little bit more? Um, I kind of... I wouldn't say that I came to terms with it. I just understood it. Okay, yeah. I didn't I didn't want to be. I see, you know, yeah. Because it kind of made, it kind of made me different. Mm. And equally, my, uh, my kind of... As far as I was concerned, my dad was really um, homophobic. Right, Or at okay. least... Um, that's kind of that started to come into my consciousness yeah. more. You know, I was, I guess, because he would say th- things that the when F I was word, that age. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so um, I really, really didn't didn't want to be at all. Mm. So, and initially, I was like, okay, so I'm, I'm obviously bisexual because, mm. um, you know, I still want to be attracted to women and everything, and I'm not like that's much easier. So for a while, so I, I told I told someone quietly at school. Um, that I was bisexual. I mean, in hindsight, what the hell I told her, I don't know. And she went around and essentially announced it to everyone. So mm. I was like, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm not at all. Yeah. Um, I was just testing you. Yeah. And now you've got a big gob. So that's yeah. that. So, so that was it, really. And I mean, I went to a rough school. My school was really rough, can't tell. It's, apparently it's fine now. Mm. But at the time, it was really, really rough. Yeah, when I went to secondary school, I actually remember in year... Uh, 10 like my, my friend I think I mentioned it was either during this podcast or before it mm. um, my friend Rob he I remember him and a few others were actually there were chavs in the school who you know they'd use I mean I was guilty of it when I was younger um, using gay as like a, the negative uh, like a derogatory term like oh those mm. are gay that sort of thing even though I think the majority of people who use that term would never meaning gay was bad obviously no. there were a lot well obviously but majority was just it was just a kind of passing word which fortunately yeah, yeah. now has kind of come out of the the thing now but um, I remember they were, they were these chavs and they'd chase um, the homosexuals around the school and throw rocks at them. Yeah, like yeah. That, that, and that was, you know, I'm 24. That was 10 years ago. Yeah, that, yeah. That's it. It's not, yeah. it's such a blink in the social uh, sort of order of things compared to how long it's been. And it's, I, obviously it's not like, yeah, 2018, no one ever is, hates um, homosexuals anymore. It, it's not, it's yeah, not yeah. that easy. And it's, so it must have been, obviously, especially with the school and stuff, like uh, I'm sure everyone's been in school and remembers even one tiny rumour being spread about you or one this or one that thing. And then if it's something that's the truth and then everyone starts reacting sour, you kind of retract into your shell a bit. And yeah. You're like, oh God, like this is so much worse. Like I said this quietly because I was a little bit worried. And then suddenly it's the biggest thing in the world and you can't come to terms with it as quickly. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. see, and it's, um, I mean, I was worried because uh, my mum's best mate worked at the school as well. So I was oh. worried about it getting back to her. But I remember I was going, I just remembered this actually. I was going to, um, have a chat with my tutor and I think I told her something else or, or somehow I got it got around that 
she wasn't very good at keeping things private. Oh, okay. So I kind of went in there and was like, oh no, nothing, miss. Hmm. You know, and kind of completely back- backtracked. And that, and, and it, that might have really helped hmm. if I'd have been able to speak to her at the time. Yeah. But, you know, so it was a real missed opportunity for me. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it, it was, I mean, it was difficult enough going to that school anyway. Yeah. Never mind, um, you know, being gay or, or be, anything that made you different, really. You were kind yeah. Of, you were kind Kids of something, yeah. seem to hate people being different. But, I mean, uh, what's, I mean, what you have to remember is as well, is that I grew, so I was 37 years old. I was born in 1981. So I went to school in the eighties, mm. which was around the time that AIDS and HIV were really big, really, really big in the news yeah. as, as the gay disease. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which is where section 28 and all that kind of came, kind of came from really. It, mm. it was a, a crap knee jerk reaction to, to, uh, societal problem yeah yeah um you know so it, as far so it was almost like this inseparable connection between that if you were gay or if you were men into men mm. you were gonna have you yeah. were gonna get hiv that yeah. was it you know so it so there was all kind of that sort of stuff that came into it as well once once sex education was done which wasn't until i was about 14 I think mm. I started having any sort of sex education whatsoever yeah I got two videos in year 5 or 6 I think it was and then nothing else until I can't remember when in year I think it was at least year 8 or 9 but it's like you need to try early even just the general yeah. idea of, of sex and slowly add to it rather than just 14 well half of you probably already had sex anyway here's a vague understanding of it and just leave you to it so yeah, like, yeah. great yeah I remember that sort of thing I mean it's it's one of those things where it's also shown in um America's a good uh, a good example where in all the states where they sh- they have sex education the least amount and at the latest age they have the highest amount of teenage pregnancies mm. and STIs because it's just celibacy doesn't work ever no. be it drugs or be it um, sex I'm not going to get into a huge drug argument discussion here yeah. but um, both of those things it's shown that the more you tell someone don't do this the more they end up wanting to do it yeah. and all you can do is really people are going to do whatever they want anyway or whatever they feel so you should educate them and tell them to be as safe as they possibly can when doing such things Yeah, yeah. and obviously the schools didn't do that but I, I mean it, it's good that that's kind of the or seems to be the main ethos behind it at sex education now is that it's about you know the people are going to get on and have sex and it's better to kind of educate them around that. Yeah. Um, you know, so when I used to be a youth worker, mm. the, we would have like 13, 14 year olds that we would give condoms to. And yes. It's just a case of, um, it's what a thing called uh, checking that their phrase are competent, which basically means, so, so it was Fraser versus someone else and it was a court case back in God knows how long and it was a mum that took a school or a youth group or something to court. Right. Um, for giving their their child a condom, right, or something like that, and then and it was deemed, and from that there were there were a set of guidelines that that came out from I think Fraser was the judge, yeah, um, that were criteria that had to be met for you to be able to give condoms to someone, you know, so they had to kind of you know they were going to go and do it anyway, yeah, um, you know, essentially that they were able to consent. Mm. In the in the sense of that they knew what they were getting into, they were mature enough. Yeah, I see. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. So, and well, I, I remember um, we were shown how to put condoms on. I think around year nine, it was used the banana sort of example thing. Yeah, I think people from 
Seems people from either Breakout or No Limits did actually come to the the school actually around that time because I yeah. think I remember talking to Catherine about it or something. But um, so going back slightly to the uh, to when you were sort of fifteen, sixteen ish, um, out of interest, when I was fourteen, I had friends in the school who were already having sex, and like, or my. My life as a young man was, obviously, compared to a lot of people's lives, quite easy. In Mm. school, I was bullied a fair amount, but nothing like absolutely horrendous, horrendous. But it was just a very unpleasant experience for me. And I was obviously a straight white guy who was, Mm. you know. But with, I found that there's so many people who are having sex when they're 14. And then I, by the end of year 11, I was getting mocked for not having sex. Yeah. And that's... That's not even before you're actually legally allowed to do it. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, that's how it was when I when I was growing up as well. Though. Yeah, and the thing is, I think a lot of the time it was absolute bollocks anyway. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like they they weren't, but it was almost like the the in thing to say. And, it, and if you if you didn't say it, and if you couldn't get someone to go along with your story, yeah, then then yeah, then you were kind of mocked for, exactly. for not having sex. Mm, it's, it's weird and not very healthy for anyone. But hopefully, no. kids are starting to do that less. But I have no idea because I don't go into schools or yeah, anything. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so when um, when did you when you told um, that girl that you were um, bisexual? Was that you, you were still in the mindset that you you because you wanted to like women that you were were you still thinking you were bi or did it sort of slowly over time just kind of shift where you kind of you kind of knew at a point that you were gay and then you were like but you still kind of wanted to to tell people you were bi for the more acceptance. I think it I think it was kind of like a safe step for me really that I could it was kind of partial admittance that. I like guys but well no so I admitted that I like guys but it was easier to kind of say but I still like women as well yeah yeah you know um, and um, that was more to do with my the way that my head was working and, and my own processes of, of acceptance more mm. than kind of societal yeah yeah stuff and and actually there's a lot of um, campaigning and stuff around um, bisexual rights okay. now, now, you know, and there was then as well because they feel like they're marginalised by both communities, the straight community and the gay community. I see. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it, so yeah, so it's it's not necessarily something that I would have chosen to be. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't anyway. Yeah. If you see what I mean. Yeah. But yeah, so and and in hindsight, if you go back to like I remember when I was at primary school. And I had little girlfriends, and we'd play kiss chase and all things like that. But then, in hindsight, I can remember. Um, sorry, I'm kind of reminiscing. I've gone off a bit, off piece a little bit. That's good. But um, but I remember kind of there there were feelings I had for certain people. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't an attraction. There was just it was just a, a, a feeling. I can't yeah. tell you what it was. Um, and I only worked out what that was when I bumped into one of the boys that I, that I went to school with okay. in a gay club, and I was like, oh, I "That's see. what that feeling was. Oh. It was just he was similar." I see. It was like the um, like a lot of people say with attraction, especially when when you're that young, you can't work it out essentially. But even at this age, you have that thing, like I mentioned earlier, that spark almost. But yeah. a lot of it is hormones and a lot of it's smell and things you don't even mm. you even twig. Like a lot of attraction, what people don't know is a lot of what how you feel attracted to someone is by the scent they're letting off and you yeah, may yeah. not even realise that it's the scent but it's and it's all these weird subtleties and things so yeah, yeah yeah well that's that's very interesting well like um, so when did um, what sort of did you go to college I went to college twice and dropped okay. out twice I see yeah I'm um, not the biggest fan of education myself no. I'm, trying, I'm bad at staying in it but 
Yeah, so what um, um, what happened then is your sort of teen years got later. So I went to Barton Peveril. Okay. Because I kind of felt obliged to go to college. Yeah. Um, and I partly picked Barton Peveril because that's where the vast majority of my school weren't going. Yeah, okay. Um, and kind of my, my best mates as they were um, all went there and I dropped them like, you know, like that. Well, I I completely, I intentionally just moved away from them and didn't want anything to do with them because they'd given they'd equally given me a hard time at school as well. Oh, okay. I see. Um, you know, so I was like, okay, you're not that that good a mate, really. Yeah. Um. So I I can't remember how long. So I so I lasted pretty much the year at Barton Peveril, and I came out in a big way mm. when I was there. You know, as as gay. Yeah. Um. I came out of my theatre studies class and again I told one person and then I heard it kind of going around the room in, in Chinese whispers. Yeah. Sort of like, I see, he said he's gay. Right. Um, just in case you didn't know what whispers were. <laughs> um, I, I just demonstrate that for you. Um, uh, and, and I was like, do you know what? I, I'm, this is ridiculous. So I just kind of stood up and announced it. I was like, no, I've got an announcement to make I'm gay. Yeah. And I kind of, and I, in hindsight, I feel really, really sorry for him. But I kind of made a big point of going, and I fancy you, and pointing right at, oh, and okay. he, and I'm not even exaggerating. He almost fell off his seat. <laughs> uh, I was like, in hindsight, it was a really a bit over the top sort of thing to do. <laughs> um, I was hated, absolutely hated, by my um, theatre studies teacher as well, who was uh, well. I had two of them, um, and the male was gay as well. Right. Um, and just absolutely hated me. Really, absolutely hated me. I think because I was so overtly gay in the sense of I, I was kind of I announced it and I was like I was having the time of my life yeah um you know kind of exploring what that meant to um kind of be gay for me yeah you know and, and by that I don't mean going around and shagging loads of <laughs> I did go around and shag loads of people but that's not <laughs> what I mean um you know it was and it was so much more fun and it was I just had such such a better time yeah at college because I was kind of explored, you know, I, I kind of, ex- I had better friends who just didn't judge me. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, on the college bus, that was where I met my best mate, uh, who became my absolute best mate. Hmm. Um, and I remember I gave her, uh, and we'd been chatting, she was a year above me and we'd been chatting and I gave her a note to come out to her sort of saying, I'll understand if you don't want to speak to me anymore, but you need to know that I'm gay. And she was like, she went on back going, you're a dickhead. Like, <laughs> I'm gay as well. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Brilliant. So we, went, so we went to the edge together for the first time. And, uh, you know, and that was really, really, it was so cool to kind of have someone that I could do that with as well. Yeah. Um, and someone who had had relatively similar life experiences to me. Yeah. Um, for ages with my parents, I, I was trying to pass her off as my girlfriend. It was my okay. kind of cover story. Yeah. Um, they've since told me it didn't work. They knew that she was a lesbian from the moment they met her. I see. But um, um, college was good, and the, it, and it was. I don't know. I, I can't explain to you the feeling, but it was. It was literally like a weight off your shoulders, almost. It, well, yeah. It's it, it kind of like some people talk about coming out of the closet and things like that, and and some people sort of explode out, say they exploded out of the closet. I pretty much did because okay. I was, you know, because it was, I'd been held back so much. And repressing it a lot and that yeah. sort of thing and kind of hiding yourself. Yeah. Not even knowing that it existed for a lot of the time. Yeah, you know, yeah. And not knowing that it was normal. To, so to then go somewhere where I could then exp- ex- express myself and, yeah. you know, it, it was amazing. Mm. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't really conducive to kind of 
good study practices. Right. So, um, so I was kind of out getting shit faced every single night of the week in the end, mm. but uh, within the year, um, and I'd kind of gone out had the first sexual experience with a man and was like oh yes I definitely am you know, <laughs> up until that point I wasn't 100% sure how, yeah. how I'd take to it yeah. to it like a duck to water but um, <laughs> yeah so it was college I really really loved that year of college I really had the time of my life and then what um, When did you drop out was it because of college or was did you kind of drop out because you weren't into educate the education you did or because you were getting out no. of shit face you didn't do very good um they essentially asked me to stop coming. I said that <laughs> to just to not to not be registered with them anymore. I pretty much stopped coming anyway. Ah, uh, okay. Um, you know, it's, I think I was half an hour late for an A level biology exam, and oh, were, wow. I was like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I can so, imagine at that at the sort of age and things like that. You can. It, it is a weird thing of like because obviously one of the reasons I want to get you on is because I want to talk about this because I don't. I didn't have. I, I'm unfortunate in the sense that I didn't have to come to terms with myself in that way. I, I had to kind of find myself and try not to be a dickhead of just normal accord. I didn't have that. This didn't go out, did it? No, it didn't. It went terribly. <laughs> I still, still haven't learned. But um, it's that pressure. It's, it's you know, with all the things, and I just think that the it is it's so upsetting to me to know that there are there's anyone out there who won't accept people for something that's not only not their choice but is also it doesn't make any difference at all yeah. that's that's like the biggest thing you know yeah, yeah. you know it's it's like you know if you if you're going to judge people for getting face tattoos for example yeah. you know um it's becoming much more of a social norm now but I'm not the biggest fan of face tattoos but I don't really care but that is completely a choice you can live your life and never get a face tattoo you can be happy but yeah. you can't one of the things that I think that homophobes just don't understand excluding the ones who are gay themselves who are like you know which I will get into uh, in a bit because I want to ask you about a couple of things about that mm. but um, it's more just like one thing that I try and would say to people if they can't empathise in a sense is just imagine the other way around like imagine anyone straight had to never kiss or be with someone who they are physically attracted to and be with mm. someone f- trying to force yourself to be with someone that you're not and there can be times where you know, I've been in relationships before where I've been happy for a long period of time. Then there's been a period where I'm like, I'm not really into this person anymore and I'm not really sure. And it's a weird feeling and that's still physically attracted to them. Yeah. If you're in a relationship with someone and you don't want to be with them anymore and it's this, it can be this weird middle groundy thing and you don't feel comfortable at all. And that's yeah. not even, that's still, you know, hurdles away from being different gender to what you're attracted to. So yeah, yeah. That, is, that is mad. Um, so with your parents, did you, did they kind of tell you they knew or did they wait for you to tell them or when did they that was really traumatic um so you know um so i mean i went to college another time so i dropped after that then my elder sister persuaded me to then go to eastley college because that was like the right thing to do and that's what my parents wanted yeah um so what was that so i would have been about 17 so 16 17 would have been the year that was going in um and I mean that only lasted six months because the same thing happened. I see. Much. Yeah. Um, and while I was there, while I was there, I met. I don't can't, I can't remember exactly how, but basically, I met someone, more than likely slept with them, um, who was a mem- who were a member of Breakout. Okay. Yeah. And then they took me to Breakout, right? Which was amazing. Would you want to tell people what Breakout is? Cause yeah. You, you describe it would be much better than me. <laughs> so Breakout. So I mean, it's changed a bit over the years, but at the time Breakout, the, the spiel was Breakout was a youth group for thirteen to twenty-five year olds who identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, transsexual, or unsure of their gender or sexual identity. So it's quite a big old spiel. The kind of big old LGBTQ plus thing at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, 
Although then it was pretty much just LGBT. Yeah. And yeah. that was it. Um, yeah, so I kind of started going to Breakout, which which was amazing as well, because that just meant that there were other people of my age or similar age who had the exact same, or not the exact same experience, but were having similar experiences to me. Yeah. And it was really, really cool. It was really supportive and, and probably... Um, genuinely saved my life I would, I would say as well you know okay yeah um, well community is so important with anything in in life whether it be just friends or this that or the other but anything in your life that is causing you any kind of issue having a community around that and a support network is paramount to getting through it yeah. you know and obviously when you don't have that it becomes much more difficult and you've got all these questions and feelings and things about yourself that you almost can't answer but a lot of the time you don't even know what the questions are to get the answer a lot of the mm. time it's not you know, oh, should I feel this way or not? It's more, I don't actually know what it is I'm feeling right now at all. So what, how do you articulate that? So I can understand yeah. to a degree of of that. It's, it's nice to hear that there, there was that group at least for you. Yeah, yeah. And it, it and it was, you know, the, the it was that that inspired me to go on and do youth work. But mm. that was after a few years ago I've been there. Anyway, so the reason why I talked about Breakout is because that was where I met my first... I say serious boyfriend because I kind of went, I was going out with people, I went out with someone for like a week. Mm, yeah, that's what um, You know, which was very serious back then. <laughs> um, so, and I went out with um, Ollie for six months. And during that time, I came out to my elder sister. So I told my elder sister, um, who lived eight doors down the road with mm-hmm. her husband and my nephew. Um, and I, t- I told her by, um, well, I bumped into one of her best mates uh, while I was out clubbing, who who I knew was bisexual. She knew was bisexual. Everyone knew was bisexual. It wasn't a big mystery. And he's like, I promise I won't say a word to her. Um, but I just kind of felt like I wanted to take control of the situation because I was worried. So I just ca- I called her and said, mm. look, can you come up the road for a minute? I've got something to tell you. Yeah. And she's like, well, I'm in the, in the middle of baking a cake or something like that. And I was like, can you just come up now? She's like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah, look, please just come up now. And I pretty much really dramatically flung the front door open when she arrived and went, I'm gay. And she went, I know. <laughs> um, and I love you and it makes no difference to me whatsoever. Yeah. But don't tell mum and dad. Right. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So so that was that. And then um, this is a very long way of saying how I came out to my parents. So then um, I was around my boyfriend Ollie's place and my sister phoned me. And this is back in the day when you had one PC in, like... And the internet was dial up. And I, I remember those. I was at the cusp of that when you get a phone call when you're on the internet and it cuts everything out yeah. as well. Yeah, I remember. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'd have to get. I'd be being being shouted at by my parents. Get off the internet. We need to use the phone. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> those days. I mean, archaic. I oh, know people yeah. weren't. People were like, but your phone is the internet. It's like, no, you don't understand. There used to be separate <laughs> things that couldn't coexist. But yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, and it used to, it would take forever and a day to download. Let's say, for example, you wanted to download a, a dirty picture of <laughs> yeah. someone's penis, um, which I was very keen on doing at the time. <laughs> but because I was the most technologically minded in the family, I could kind of hide it in a deep, dark back file where I didn't think anyone anyone would go. Anyway, so my sister phoned me while I was my, my boyfriend's went, you're going to have to come home. They found something on the computer. Oh, God. Now, I obviously knew that there was... I don't know. You could do a, a good survey with the amount of penises I had on had on, had on the computer. Yeah. But, um, but she didn't. She was only joking. Oh. So anyway, so I was like, well, that's it. That's that's the end of my family. They they will not want to know me anymore. 
I, uh, you know, loads of tears. I was really, really upset. And then Ollie was like, right, I'm just going to go upstairs and use the loo. You put your shoes on and then we're, we're going. We just have to go and have it out. Yeah. Um, and while he was up there, I literally was off down to, and he lived in Fairham. I was off down to Fairham train station and I was genuinely, genuinely going to go and just get on the train and go and just live on the streets in London. Oh, Because wow. I thought that was it. I thought that I was just going to get disowned by my family. I thought, you know, yeah, my two sisters that I had told... Hmm. Um, they were all right with it, but actually, Dad would kind of overrule that, and, and that would be the that would be the end of it. Mm, yeah. Um. So and then he kind of came running after me and found me and dragged me. But honestly, it was like a scene from like EastEnders or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then we drove back and we picked up my mate Sam, who my parents knew anyway. Who I mean, in hindsight, was one of the biggest gays on the planet. <laughs> um. But I thought because he was into football, therefore my parents would think he was straight anyway. <laughs> um. Uh, so yeah so then I took him round rather than Ollie and then just sat my mum and dad down in the front room and I was like yeah I've got something to tell you you're not going to like it very much uh, I'm gay and they both went well my mum went yeah we know okay. we've known since you were at school and I was like well you could have told me because this has been a lot of heartache um, and and then she was like your dad, I've discussed it with your dad and he doesn't like it right um, but you're his son and he will deal with it or something like that yeah and then my dad was like don't start don't start wearing your mother's knickers and oh, i was okay. like dad that's an entirely different thing and they're not really my color <laughs> so um so that was that and then my mum was like so yeah that's okay uh, but we don't want to know anything about boyfriends or about sex or anything like that so essentially anything about being gay yeah they didn't want to know about but yeah. they were kind of they were comfortable with that. i think from that point onwards my dad thought i was some sort of male whore right um, and still does to this day, even whilst I was in relationship with Arn. Right, I see, he, yeah. You know, he seemed to be, if I was going around, anyone who was male, yeah. I think in his head I was having sex with them. Yeah, that is a weird thing. Of, I mean, I was guilty of that when I was, I was guilty of that mindset when I was in, I think it was year seven or eight. It was, I remember there was a moment where <clears throat> I spoke to Catherine and um, I, we were talking about uh, homosexuality and stuff. And I remember saying this, and obviously I do not believe this, feel this way anymore at all, but mm. I, I said... Um, I said, oh, I think this person might be gay. And they're like, oh, okay, that's cool. Are you all right with that? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be fine with that. I just, you know, probably wouldn't have over sleepovers anymore. And she was like, <laughs> well, why? And I was like, well, they probably want to, you know. And she was like, what? And then I had a conversation with her. Obviously, this was when I was quite young yeah. uh, and stupid. But some people who are adults still have that mindset, which is ridiculous. But to, to very easily combat that, uh, of anyone who thinks that, is just like, if you think every gay will have sex, or every gay man will have sex with every man... Well, not every straight yeah. man will have sex with every woman. Therefore, no. it make that you, you don't even need to yeah. look any further. Than that. It's, it's that simple. It's, yeah. People like to. It's like being straight is this standard, normal. There's nothing weird in any way, shape, or form about it being straight, even though there's a lot of weird things that straight yeah, people yeah. do. But then being gay because it's something that's different, or you know, it means that it's a completely different kettle of fish. And it's really like. Well, no, people just kind of like what they like. You know, you get yeah, people yeah. who are gay or straight who are very vanilla about everything. You get yeah. people who like everything and like everything, everything. It, oh, yeah, everyone completely. is completely different. That's you the know, thing. You know, there's, there's straight men who are into anal. Oh, yeah, in, in a big way. Yeah, and know? that's one of the things that I, you know, me personally, I haven't, I haven't gone down that road. But um, I'm not 
I don't really want to go down that road, if I'm being completely honest, just I'm not comfortable enough with my own anus. <laughs> and so, you know... <laughs> it's and, quite important. Well, yeah. And I've been known to, unfortunately, have hemorrhoids in the past, which is... A That's a good way of pushing them back in. <laughs> well, there you go, yeah, just <laughs> thumb it in. Um, but, you know, excluding that, I mean, I, I don't think I know any of my mates who openly talk about them having that done to them, but um, yeah. I remember um, in college, well, late in college, I remember um, a female friend of mine telling me that their boyfriend at the time liked in the ass. Mm. And I was like, and it kind of, it didn't even, I wasn't like, oh, he's gay. I just, I hadn't clicked and I was like, well, it is, it's not, an ass, a male asshole isn't gay. It's, it's especially when it's your own. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, if I like things up my ass, but I don't like male genitalia, then, you know, they are two yeah, yeah. separate things. People yeah. associate it, which is quite funny because anal now, because obviously the world is generally becoming a bit more liberal, obviously more straight couples are trying out anal and things like yeah. that, or they're at least... The admitting G- they are. It's where the male G spot is. Exactly, you yeah. know, and it's, uh, you know, it's apparently uh, more powerful, can be more powerful orgasm than from penis and things. Yes, it's like, so, yeah, so <laughs> I don't want to assume, but obviously I don't <laughs> yes, want to push can. this question on you. And you're like, you know, don't you? Yeah. Um, but so it's that, you know, it's that sort of thing. And it's just like people, it's, it always boils down to this thing of just like, I've had conversations on the podcast about drugs, about veganism, about all sorts of other things. It's like anything is just, you should be able to do kind of whatever you want or whatever you need. Yeah. That's, basically it you know as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else what, 100% what does it make? as long as it's like you know and obviously being gay doesn't hurt anyone you no. know it, it's it's so unless they're into that and that's what I always say yeah. I say if someone's gay okay it doesn't hurt anyone except maybe the person they're being gay with if they like that kind of thing yeah, if you like exactly. a bit of choking you can hurt each other all you want just yeah. be careful about it exactly and it's not again it's not it's another thing that's not exclusive to being gay there's of course plenty not. of heterosexual people that are into um, you know, well, bondage and all that sort of stuff, and all and all sorts. One hundred percent. It's one of those things where it's like, there's not really anything sexually that is actually exclusively gay or straight at all. It is literally just the gender of the individuals involved. That that's the only. Yeah, yeah. Everything else you can do, you can you know, it's like lesbians. They're like they're not weirdly straight from using a strap on. It's not. No. It's these weird people like to put these weird arbitrary lines in the sand in really random places when yeah, they shouldn't yeah. be it's just people do whatever they do and that's that um so with your um with your dad and stuff has have you i don't you'd have to go super far into this cause it's quite personal now but like has he did you find he got better over with age did your mom did like or is it kind yeah, of yeah they've, this... they've definitely chilled out over the years yeah um you know they've kind of met, met some of my mates for a while one of my uh, one of my mates who's a drag queen lived next door but one to us yeah so um and we'll park his van on our driveway, and we just come around like in partial drags, like a face full of makeup. Yeah. Um, but dressed dressed as a boy. Yeah. And you know, come in and speak to my dad, and sort of put a wig on him, and, and stuff like that. You know, so that's about as outrageous as you can get. Really, is yeah. drag queen. Yeah, yeah. So my dad's pretty kind of all, all right with it now. He, yeah. He, he found it quite amusing. He's still. He will still use some derogatory terms. He's a bit of a, a kind of a stereotypical old man, really. Yeah. So some of the racist terms and mm. kind of yeah. um, favourite terms and everything. And that's just partly because it's what he's grown up with, I think. Yeah, so yeah. That's not, And that's not excusing it. It doesn't make it right. And I challenge him on it every time, as does everyone else in my family. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's kind of ingrained in him. And I think he's re- reached an age now as well where he's regressing a little bit. So he's kind of, he may have learnt not to say some of the things, but now he's getting to the point where he doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, so, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but generally speaking, he's all right. And I was really worried. So obviously, you knew... Uh, I make him sound like he's dead. You um, knew Arne. You yeah. know Arne, my, yeah. my, my ex-partner who I was with for nearly seven years. 
Um, and I was really worried about introducing him because they'd said this whole, yeah, we don't want to know anything about about boyfriends or sex or anything like that. I was really worried about introducing him to them. Yeah. Um, and actually, they love him. They get on like a house on fire. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, and they and they still do. They, you know, they're still... That's, it's, it's been really important to me that they've maintained that relationship because yeah. they've gone so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so... Um, yeah, so that was really good. And I was really touched with kind of how how much of an effort they made to get on with him as well. Yeah. You know? And thing, things like no, none of my sisters has ever had their boyfriends allowed to stay. Like, no matter how long they've been with them, they were not allowed their boyfriends over to stay. Right. I was allowed Arne over to stay. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, which which was a massive thing. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Definitely. Yeah. 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 You know, and I, and, I didn't, and I didn't ask my mum offered. Oh, that's even a bigger thing as yeah, well. Yeah, if, yeah, if they've yeah. actually they've thought about it, like they've they've thought about how you feel, how they feel about it all, when they've come to terms with that in their own sense, it's, it's great. Yeah, and I mean, I've said um, whenever whenever I most likely end up having children, I've always been like, what I'm hoping is, well, say I have, say I don't know, find the right person tomorrow, I have a kid next year, which I'm not planning on, uh, and say 20 years from tomorrow, you know, they're 19 or whatever, mm. that would be actually way too far for them to come out. So let's retract that. I say, I don't know. 12 or 13 whatever yeah. I would never want to be the kind of parent where they have to come home and say by the way I'm gay or yeah. I, you don't come out for being straight so why no. should you come out for being gay I just want my pe- my parent my uh, my child just come home and when they're with someone they're like this is Dan or this is Beth or this is whoever I don't care as long as it's they're with someone who's clearly not a dick which is probably going to happen because teenagers make terrible decisions a lot of the time yeah. it's like if you're with someone, that's it. It's not. It's not my business. It's my business is your protection. And yeah, if you're yeah. with a male or a female, that has nothing to do with it. That, yeah. You know. So I just want it. I'm hoping that a society is progressing. It is becoming this way of whenever I raise my children, I'll be like, you know, when they're young, before they even really understand sexuality, I'll be like, some people like boys, some people like girls, some people like both, some people like neither. You can like, we can't. You know, it's not as easy to say you can like because it makes it sound like it's a choice. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'll just yeah. be like. Just you know, whoever you end up liking, that's okay with me. I don't want you to come out or make a big song and dance about it. But if you want to make a song and dance about it because it helps, it makes you more comfortable. <laughs> big show. Go ahead. Yeah, have like a gr- like coming out. I'm gay. Throwing confetti around. The biggest stereotypical. Yeah, okay, the, yeah. Be just nice. just like come into the front room. Yeah, me and me and my partner and my 14 year old son comes in and just does the whole rendition of Rent. And that's, <laughs> that's I would love that. That would be, cool. be great. Be, the amount of effort that would take would be yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um. Okay, well, um, so let's get into. Um, I, I want to touch a little bit on sort of if you if you don't mind talking about this, the sort yeah, of yeah. Uh, can we just have a break for a minute? You want to have a just break? Get a bit of air in here. It's hot as hell, isn't Freaking it? Hot. Yeah, 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 it is boiling. Well, I'll, t- I'll pause this thing because it's almost okay. been an hour, so that's fine. It's been an hour, almost. It's been forty-five it? minutes. Bloody yeah. hell! I know. Okay, it's quick. And back from the break. Don't know if I'll include the break in or not in the podcast. I'll see how it sounds. But anyway, Could you put like an advert on there or something. I could. That'd be good. That'd be clever. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, do that. I'll probably split this in two though. I normally I don't normally release a whole episode of like two hours. I generally mm. split it partially because getting new listeners to listen for like you know uh, for an hour is much easier than for two hours. Yeah, yeah. But also because then I only need to record if certain people I record podcasts with they only last an hour and that's perfectly fine. But yeah, sometimes yeah. if they last a lot longer. I can split it and then I don't have to worry about recording every single week. I can often... Yeah, yeah. What I try and do is record... I don't know. In a month, if I try and record like four towards the start of the month, if they're two hours on each, that basically sorts me for two months. Yeah. And then I've got, you know, the following seven weeks and I don't need to find one every week. It can be a bit more 
likes about it. Yeah, you know? yeah. And if people cancel or postpone or any scheduling changes, then it becomes a lot easier for that. But um, yeah, getting straight back into it. Uh-huh. Um, I was um, I was going to say you you um, you mentioned that um, the article thing um, while we had our break. Yeah, I know yeah. you said. Did you say you could find it or you couldn't or I can't find it specifically, but mm. there's there's all sorts of articles that have come out um, about it and. Um, you know, they're kind of questioning whether people feel comfortable um, doing things like holding hands, walking down the street and things like that. And yeah. about three quarters of the respondents of 100,000 people said, said that they didn't. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, and I think there there are areas within the UK where it's probably uh, a bit more accepted. You know, Brighton, Manchester, they're considered yeah. two like kind of gay hubs almost. Especially Brighton, yeah. It's yeah. known as the gay capital of the UK. Yeah, but there's still there's a lot of homophobic attacks that happen in Brighton. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, so it's kind of, it's still not as safe as you would think it would be. Yeah, I mean, it should be one of those things of you should be able to walk down the street and hold hands with, you know, the person you love and that, excluding like ridiculous age things, which is a whole other kettle of fish. But like, excluding that area of things um it should just be if you're gay or straight or bi or whatever you hold hands with someone you shouldn't even you shouldn't even have to think about it i no. mean it was like i had a teacher uh in college a psychology teacher and um she was she's married to an indian man um yeah. well he's of indian descent i should say and she used to live in bradford um and she said when she moved to southampton what was weird is her and her boyfriend at the time um could walk down the street in Southampton and no one would say anything mm. she said in Bradford you get people she said you could basically not be out for more than an hour and someone shouting a racist slur against him and I was mm. and this was only if, you know this was when I was uh, 17, 18 so it's only about 6 or 7 years ago and she yeah. was like yeah that just happens in Bradford I came down here expecting it and it wasn't at all and I was like people still do that in England I was like I know there's not everyone there are still racists and still stupid assholes mm. out there but I was like it's so common in not just I'm not trying to bash Bradford but like <laughs> further up north it's just like yeah, it's this weird old conservative viewpoint of looking at things it's, I mean you don't have to go very far though you can go to Totten from Southampton and, and actually it's really really very unethnically diverse you know like oh, I said okay. I, I work at Totten College yeah 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 um, and and the school the school that I went to, Cantel, was about as ethnically diverse as you can get. The, Same as my school. Yeah, yeah, you know there was I can't remember exactly how many, but there were an insane amount of first languages spoken spoken there. Um, and when I first started working at Tottenham College, I was like, holy shit, there is there's hardly. In fact, I don't think there was anyone of, that wasn't white. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's weird, isn't it? And it's like I can imagine I mean, if I go to certain places. I will. I don't notice when there's uh, when it's sort of ethic, um, ethnically uh, diverse because I'm I'm used to that. I notice mm. when it's not. If I go to yeah, an area yeah. and I'm in like a specific area and I I notice there's a lot of Caucasians, I'm just a bit like, I've only just noticed. And I notice that, and I'm white. I'd have to worry about it. But I can yeah, imagine yeah. that if you are of a different ethnicity, you can then. That's just another thing to worry about. Obviously, if you're homosexual, there are still people who are bigots and are against that. Oh yeah. If you're maybe. black, there's still people who are racist, and it's like all these little differences of people which don't make any difference to the individual of what kind of person you are. Mm. You know, it's like you being gay doesn't mean that you are a certain way. You you're this way or that way. It means you like men. And your personality is not intertwined with that. No. I think that's that's the problem that I'll see a lot of the stereotypes come from as well. And it's people do it with a lot of things. People do it with black people. That's yeah, it, yeah. it's anyone who's different from basically straight white, even often male. I mean, to be honest with you, you know, straight white male, you're meant to like football and beer and be air quotes manly. Mm. And if you're a woman, obviously it doesn't happen anywhere near as much, thank God. But there's that still that underlying misogyny of women belong in the kitchen. Women don't know about politics. Women shouldn't have a job. And it's just like all this shit. And it's yeah, just yeah. like every 
I've always said that regardless of if you met an example would be okay if I met you know 4,000 gay men and they were all very very flamboyant okay mm. that doesn't mean every gay man's flamboyant no. and if I met the 4,001st gay man I can't just assume he's going to be you know, overly flamboyant it's just every person is an individual yeah. and you, it doesn't matter how many similarities there can be between certain groups of individuals but it's like every individual person black, white, gay, straight man, woman anything has to be treated as such as an individual yeah, yeah. no no preconceptions or anything and that's just how it should be for everything but People mm. don't seem to do that, and it triggers me so much. It just gets so under my skin. I'm just like, people are so dumb and so hateful, and it oh, kills me. And I'm I'm just a straight white man who hasn't. I'm lucky enough to not have been um, a victim of these sorts of uh, bigoted attacks for being different in that sense. You know, the worst yeah, I got yeah. was being bullied for being fat, and, and that's you know my struggle was nowhere near as bad as anything else. It's like, so but it's it's still picking on an aspect of you, though. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, it's it's that it's the. It's the small parallel I can kind of draw of. I was bullied in school, so I have that degree of sympathy, but not in obviously the same way. Comparing yeah, yeah. it to what you went through is, is very different, but it's that that tiny thing. But um, I kind of want to link this on to um, before we had the break was have you have you had anyone being um, it, both in your teenage life, in your adult life, and even now people who are still um, overtly prejudiced uh, against you or bigoted against you for being homosexual? Um. I mean, I've been quite lucky in the sense of I haven't had a huge amount of that that I've directly been involved in. Yeah. Um, you know, I worked at I worked at a gay pub, I worked at, at gay clubs for a while, DJing. Mm. Um, and there'd be, I'd be kind of witness to homophobic stuff. You know, people kind of yelling some sort of homophobic slur and throwing a bot- bottle over the wall or something like that. Um, so there was that. Um, when I was. 17 maybe I was just walking back and you know I wasn't dressed I wasn't dressed like a showgirl or anything like that so I wasn't particularly um extrovert about it yeah um but I was punched on the side of the head by someone I didn't know who was just walking down the street and just literally just thumped me for no reason went fuck queer wow you know and it's like and and because apparently I had a gay haircut right which you know I I wasn't aware that there was such a thing as a gay haircut no was I but apparently there is um but that's the only time that I've been or that I can remember that I've been directly um kind of uh, abused I don't know I think that's too, too strong a word but kind of had some, pigeonholed had, in a yeah, way yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. judged oh he's like this because he's gay sort yeah, of thing. yeah 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 you know and kind of and being given grief because of it um, there have been times when you know I might be with my mates and someone someone's shouted something and I'm and I missed it yeah. and they're like God, you know and they kind of kick off and I'm like I didn't hear anything I didn't, yeah. hear, I didn't hear what they said I was, I was actually listening to you rather than listening to everyone else yeah yeah you know so um yeah, I mean it's out there, and it's and I've kind of experienced it, but not. But I've been lucky that I haven't yeah. necessarily experienced a huge amount directly. Yeah, well, that's that's good to hear at least in that aspect. Um, I mean, my cousin Charlotte, um, she told me before where um she, she's a lesbian, and um mm. she told me um I can't when it was. It was towards the end of school, I think it was. She had people just literally throwing rocks at her because mm. she was gay, and she's thirty now. Um, so she's yeah, so we're between our ages, and she was like, yeah, she just. I think it was she was walking down the street and someone from her school just threw rocks at her calling her gay and I was like what 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 yeah. and I said before you know people in my old school used to do that the chavs a lot of the time and it's just like so it, it kind of going from that excuse me going from that point I want to ask because um, I, I briefly touched upon it earlier which was 
have you found at all in your experience that anyone who is at school, for example, overtly uh, homophobic turns out being gay? I know that's quite a. Yeah. I'm not saying you would know every every gay person who ever. But let you know me look I mean. in my directory. Yeah. Just just let me call up every gay person in Southampton. <laughs> and we're all we're on a monthly gay meeting. Yeah. That's what I say to my cousin Charlotte. I um I always make jokes with her and her girlfriend about the the lesbian agenda and the gay agenda. <laughs> so the fact that, they, that even terminology yeah. exists for anything other than a joke is so baffling to me. And I just if they ever talk about any thing like um oh yeah i really like this new place i go oh you're just you lesbians you're trying to get the lesbian agenda <laughs> you meet at your monthly meetings yeah. don't you you're men hating and she's like yeah we always do we decide what goes in and out of fashion and that sort of thing there's so, a document there is a document yeah that we yeah. all kind of ha- have to sign up for <laughs> when we come out yeah i can imagine yeah, yeah. <laughs> the quiz letter <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, yeah pretty much but um yeah, have you in out of vague interest have you yeah. ever me I was really homophobic. I was homophobic for a while when I was first kind of exploring these feelings and thinking mm. about it. Um, it was almost like it was a, a bit of a misogynist as well. Really, I do things like bring like page through the sun and go, "Way look at those tits!" Yeah, knowing that I wasn't in the blindest bit interested in them. <laughs> um, you know, and kind of showing them to my mates, saying, "Hey, yeah." I don't know that anyone believed me. Because <laughs> um, I was like, "Look at her hair; it's lovely as well." <laughs> um, <it's, laughs> um, but yeah, you know, and it's there have been I have known people who have been um, not necessarily homophobic towards me. I was definitely at college with someone who was really would say derogatory things about me. Yeah, um, you know, to to oh, oh, well, I've never considered him a mate, but to some of my mates who he was also mates with as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I would say at the time to, to our mates, he's gay, I'm telling you, he's gay, that's what the issue is. Yeah. And he has, you know, and since he's come out and, um, so yeah, it's, it's a very common thing and, you know, they've done studies with it over the years, haven't they, where they kind of strap up some bloke's penis and show him pictures of all sorts of stuff and, oh, ju- and yeah. ju- uh, judge how much he reacts, how much of a twitch there is for certain things. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think it's every person that's overtly homophobic it's mm. kind of got some sort of attract or shows some sort of physical attraction or disturbance within the nether regions yeah, shall we say yeah. um when so, homosexual yeah. sort of pictures come up yeah that's uh that's interesting and that's the end of part one thanks as always for tuning in guys part two will be released next week at the same sort of time uh, where mine and steve's discussion sort of continues um we talk about whether or not one is ever sort of born gay or if there's sort of genetic markers that can sort of dictate someone's sexuality we also talk about steve's work um with breakout and no limits city reach is sort of youth work and um, also we go on about sort of changing our names and mistaken names things like that we've gone for a random little tangent about that um, we also speak about polari which is the gay language which i wasn't aware it was even a thing that back before homosexuality was legal there was actually a language people would speak um to be able to find out if other people were gay and that's really interesting to hear about so um it's a great chat really and we do talk about a few other things uh, we do go, get into transgender a little bit more um and sort of other kin uh, we also talk about the treatment of women and the pro Progress that's been over the last 30 years so all in all this chat part one that you just listened to as well as part two they go together really really well so you know if you've listened this far and if you've enjoyed what you've heard um, i'd really really appreciate it if you listen to the next week's one as well because i'm sure you'll enjoy it um that's about it really uh, for this week um so you know thanks as always for tuning in guys um i appreciate anyone listening you know, this far into the podcast and you know, right to the very end 
Um, if you feel like it, you if you feel like this show deserves it, go on iTunes, rate us five star. If you think it deserves five star, that is. Um, you don't even have to write a full review. You can just go on there, click the star rating, and you can leave it at that. That would be incredible. Um, and if you want to keep up to date with things, you know, uh, follow Genuine Chit Chat on Twitter, where I normally just kind of spout out random thoughts I have sometimes. Uh, and then you can also go on Instagram, where I sometimes post some of those tweets. But I also often uh, note, I put notes down when new episodes come out. Um, they often are accompanied with photos, like the one uh, last week about sort of mine wayne and josh's sort of some animals of ours that we really liked the komodo dragon that sort of thing uh, there's images up of that as well uh, the one i did with molly there's a picture of me and molly up there you know i generally i try and post on there relatively every day sometimes it's a little bit about movies sometimes about music uh, potential podcast guests but other podcasts in general episodes that are released so if you do enjoy the show you know follow me on instagram well us i like to say us even though it's just me uh, uh, genuine underscore chit chat um, Twitter and Facebook is just genuine chit chat. I don't know why one had the underscore and one didn't. It's because I'm probably just a moron. So, yeah. Thanks as always for tuning in, guys, and um, I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>